everybody. You're listening to Pucker Up, CMU's beauty, health, and fashion podcast. I'm Gigi Padilla. I'm a lead copywriter here at CM Life. And I'm Sarah Bebuck, a broadcast and cinematic art student here at CMU. And we have a brow beautiful show for you. Today we're talking about brows and Sarah just cringed because I'm punny. <laughs> it's a good pun, I guess. But we love eyebrows here in this room. So we're really excited to bring this episode to you guys. I would have to say that Sarah is one of the biggest brow experts that I've ever met in my life. I cannot say the same for me. I didn't start doing my eyebrows until college. I didn't realize that you should put makeup on your eyebrows. And let me give you, let's give you some background here. I was blonde when I met Sarah. I was dyed blonde hair. And I have this weird thing about my eyebrows having to match my hair. So my eyebrows were dyed blonde. She saved my life. Like, honestly. I mean, to be fair, your eyebrows had a really good natural shape. It just needed just a little bit of fine touching. You were already like... 90% of the way there. I just gave you that last little 10%. You flatter me. Okay. (laughs) And I think we're going to start talking about our favorite, both our past favorite and our current favorite brow brands. Um, I think one thing that me and Sarah definitely agree on is the fall of Miss Anastasia Beverly Hills. And that's not to say that her makeup isn't good, because it is. We we love it. We talk about the Norvina palette and the Sultry palette all the time. But when it comes to brow products, I really think... Anastasia Beverly Hills has taken a step down in the makeup community. Yeah, I feel like we were so into that dip brow. We really wanted it. Everybody needed to have it. That's all people were using on their brows. And then out of nowhere, it went like poof. Yeah, it was was literally almost simultaneous. Because you saw it all over Instagram. People Mm -hmm. had those stark, bold lines that, to be honest, were ugly. But (laughs) they were everywhere with the Instagram brows. It was patented. Mm -hmm. Instagram brows. That's the thing, too. I feel like um, being in college and like where I'm at right now, now, yeah, we all go full glam from time to time, but I think we all are looking for a more natural brow look. And I think that's why I tend to use more powdered brows or even like a mix of two. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why Anastasia has not really been doing as well. Like nobody wants those pigmented right. brows. Anymore. And I had the dip brow. I had mm-hmm. it in the light brown and it was light. It was lighter. I have dark hair naturally. And Gigi's hair currently is even darker, and we don't even touch it because it still gives you too bold mm-hmm. of a brow. It's just the lines are too stark. And I'm trying, even trying to use it with a heavy, or a lighter hand. We're not doing it heavy handed. It's still kind just, of it's kind yeah. of clunky. It is, and I think that goes to our next favorite brow product is probably Benefit Brow Anything. I yeah. feel like they're really carrying the Just game benefit, there. period. Benefit. Like, like honestly, if you want to go to an Ulta, you want to walk into any store that has benefit products, you can pick any brow product and you will get a brow you like. Because I feel like they are very buildable brows and they have products for every sort of brow. Like, that's the biggest benefit <laughs> of the benefit of brow is because it's a light enough product that you can get those fine drawn on lines mm-hmm. Without having to do those thicker, bolder lines. People want, that's so in right now, to have the thin, natural-looking brow that you want to draw on each individual hair. And I feel Mm -hmm. like you just, or I mean, you can do that with the dip brow, but it's very, very, very tight. Yeah. Yeah. It's time-consuming, and it's really hard. Like, you have to trust your hand very, very. There's no room for mistakes. There's no room for mistakes at all. And I feel like with um, Benefit products, you can do both a feather brow and a hard, bold line. And I feel like it's, it's super hard to do that with just like a dip brow. And I think that um, 
I would have to say I'm most excited to try their Benefit Contour Pro Pen. Not only for like nostalgic reasons, if you guys haven't seen the packaging, it literally looks like those like middle school pens we would get and we try to like push all the colors down at once and like color and scribble the one with a line. The red, the green, the black, the blue, yeah. all the colors. And a little fat pen. And that's what this is. It's like so cute. It reminds me of like putting it in my like Hello Kitty pencil case in middle school. And, and we're going to put it in our Hello Kitty makeup bag. Exactly. Because let's be real, I didn't grow out of Hello Kitty. And it's so cute and it works. There's so many different shades in it. And I feel like that's what people forget when doing your brows. I much rather have have a brow palette than a single brow color. And this is like a portable brow palette. Exactly. Because you have that Profusion brow palette with eight different colors and a highlight, and it's mm-hmm. huge. It's like a king-size mm-hmm. candy bar. I still have it. I think I bought that like sophomore year. Still works great. Honestly, if you can find it, it was like Black Friday Target like two years ago, but I still have it, and it's still pigmented, and it works. And I choose it over the Dip Brow like, nearly yeah, every time. Every mm-hmm. time. I, I don't even think I don't even know where that is right now, honestly. Yeah, I don't think I know where your dip brow is. We live together, so like she knows where my makeup is and I know where her makeup is. But like honestly, my brow palette has basically been used for an apartment of four girls in my ever-changing hair color. Like, and it's never let me down at all. So I feel like if you're ever in a market for either just a single brow product or a brow palette, just go for the brow palette. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially because that's the nice thing about this Pro Pen is that it's so portable. It's a port, yeah. It's a brow palette that you can fit in the palm of your hand, like literally a writing utensil. And I believe it has a highlighter on it too, which is yeah, it even better. Mm-hmm. It has, I think, I want to say it has three or four different brow colors, and then the highlight on it. I could be wrong on that though. No, I think you're right. I think that's what it is. It's got the couple darker shades and then a lighter shade. So if you're like Gigi and you dye your hair constantly. But it only really works for natural colors, and that's what's kind of really nice about Kat Von D's Tattoo Liner Eyebrow is that it has all the different colors. Yeah, it has yeah. all the different colors for people who dye their hair magenta, purple, green. Yeah. It's, I've been there. Yeah. And like I said, like I've never really thought about it. Like I've always wanted to go like bubblegum pink like hair. But like I said, I'm that crazy person that really likes my eyebrows to be the same color as my hair. And that's the one cool thing about this new product that Kat Von D is launching. Well, I believe it's already launched. She has those like greens, reds, pinks, purples for tech. Not, I think it's tattoo brows. Tattoo like brow. Yeah, tattoo, yeah, tattoo brow. brow. And it's supposed to last really long and it's supposed to be really good. And it's nice because it's actually a color product for mm-hmm. eyebrows. Brows. It's not mixing in some eyeshadow in to give you Ooh, a tinted color. brow mm-hmm. look. It's pigmented actual color, which mm-hmm. I mean, we all know how we feel about Cat Von D, which we'll get into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But it's a good product. It is. Yeah. And I think one of the really cool things that I want to go back to benefit is they also, I think, are the only product brand I know that has a brow primer oh, so yeah. yeah if you're one of those girls that have really light light eyebrows and have to draw on your eyebrows like every day there's this is like definitely a product for you it's like the brow wow the brow vo brow vo yeah something kind of weird but it's like b-r-o-w-v-o and it's the primer and you're supposed to put it on and it's supposed to help with growth too so if you are a victim of over plucking which we'll talk about in our next segment you definitely want to do something like this. And it, as I've been told, it literally has your brows on for like days. Yeah. You can literally go days with the same brows on. And I heard from Ancidental, so don't believe mm-hmm. me 100%. But I had someone tell me that they actually notice growth while mm-hmm. using the product, mm-hmm. which again, anecdotal evidence, don't believe these words to be Completely the gospel true. truth. But. but if we do talk, so we're about to go into our eyebrow maintenance. So, and one thing that 
for sure that I know because our roommate has tried it is castor oil. Yep. And castor oil helps both with like eyebrow growth. And I feel like people like put it on their roots too, but I feel like that's a little extreme. Yeah. But definitely for this short kind of growth that you want on your eyebrows, castor oil it up. I don't have that problem. I have the darkest, bushiest eyebrows you will ever meet. It's a lie. Okay. I have a dark eyebrow. They're not that bushy right now, but that's because Sarah they're dark, but they look nice. Well, thank you. But no, definitely try something like that. But I think a big thing that we have to talk about in our eye in this eyebrow maintenance segment is over plucking. Yes. I do feel not like want to do that. Most of us girls who were plucking in middle school have definitely been a victim of over plucking and have been a victim of wanting to have those like 90s eyebrows like back in the day. Those little pencil on lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little Nike swooshes. Paper thin. Yeah. You see, I was the only reason I was saved from that trend is because my mom did not like allow me to wear makeup until I was like in high school. So, like, I didn't touch my brows. Like, I got my eyebrows forcefully plucked by my older sister, like, every, like, three months. And I was forcefully plucked. Like, and it was it worked. I mean, I was not a victim of overplucking. But I feel like nowadays we have so many different ways to, like, maintain our eyebrows. There's, yeah, there's so many different eyebrow trends. But it's definitely in to have those thicker, fuller mm-hmm. eyebrows. Like Clara Devon. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, even know her name. I think it's like Cara Delevingne. I don't know. Delevingne. I, Honestly. I already quit. <laughs> paper Towns. That's all I know. Go from Paper Towns. Go from Paper Towns. Big eyebrows. You know who we're talking about. But definitely. I feel like my favorite thing to do to maintain my eyebrows, though, is definitely plucking. I don't go too crazy on it, but I do like the very thin, like, eyebrow pluckers. And I just kind of keep up Tweezers. with it. Tweezers. Yes, tweezers. <laughs> I'm a well, I'm a really big fan of the natural brow look. I love love how natural brow, brows look, even if it has a couple of stray hairs. Although mm-hmm. for the most part, I'd like to get rid of those bad boys. Mm-hmm. But the nice thing about tweezers is that you are in more control, I think, than with waxing or even threading, and you can maintain that natural shape. Like sure, waxing and threading give you those nice sharp lines, but it it doesn't look as natural to me, and it's very easy to overdo it mm-hmm. and it takes longer to grow back that's true because you remember when you are waxing and i believe threading i don't know i'm not as familiar with threading you are taking your hair out from the follicle so you have to make sure that you want the way that these brows look for like a while because oh, you yeah. will have some time to think about like regrowth and that's one thing like i was never a really big fan of like eyebrow waxing or anything like that just because i constantly change my look a lot of people love changing their eyebrow look mm-hmm. so it doesn't really make sense to do something mm-hmm. like waxing plucking laser hair removal to permanently alter the shape of your eyebrow especially because mm-hmm. it changes so drastically throughout i feel like eyebrow change trends, every year yeah like every year honestly it's big bold eyebrows i feel like it was very statement brows like last year this feather year brows. feather brow is literally like the biggest thing you see on instagram and i feel like if you want to like if you know like what you like and what you want to look like you go for it but for someone like me like i definitely like chasing my changing my look constantly and i think oh, yeah. it works like your brows are like definitely really big statements on your face so i could never just like shave them off like jeffree yeah. star <laughs> But if you're someone that does want those sharper lines without the full commitment of waxing or whatever else we said, Mm -hmm. you can get those. The first one I ever bought was technically called a bikini razor, but they're the eyebrow razors that you can use, which is like a little serrated blade. It's not like a real razor. I mean, it's a a real razor, but it's not like a one you take to your leg. Yeah, it's just like one blade and kind of like has a safeguard. Yeah. 
-hmm. And you just take that and literally just gently push it around the shape of your eyebrow and it gets the thicker hairs, but it also gets a nice peach fuzzy stuff Mm -hmm. to give you that cleaner line without actually taking away as much hair as you think. And it's definitely like a good way, like you said, to clean up your brows and to like get really nice solid lines without having to worry about like your follicle being completely yeah, removed. Yeah, because you're shaving it off. You're not plucking like, it, mm-hmm. ripping it out at the end. You're just giving it a nice gentle shave. Mm-hmm. And you can use that on the rest of your face too. It doesn't. It's not exclusively for your eyebrow. You can use it for like your little mustache. You can use it on mm-hmm. your little sideburns. Or if you just want to get rid of the general peach fuzz all over your face for like an exfoliation, works really well. I got my first one from Big Lots for a pack of three for a, oh no pack of four my bad for a whole three dollars. The one that I'm currently bonus. yeah, <laughs> and the one I'm currently using I got at TJ Maxx for pack of three for four dollars. So I just did a little switchy switch. But the one I got at TJ Maxx is specific, specifically for eyebrows. eyebrows. Yeah. So yeah. So you just there's a lot of different eyebrow products on the market too. I mean like there's like bleaching and stuff like that, and there's even like eyebrow tw- tinting. I don't know if you guys have seen that all over Instagram. Microblading and microblading. Okay, I don't think I could ever microblade my eyebrows. Oh, no, I'm not I could that not committed. Do it. I'm not that committed, and also it's like if I'm getting a tattoo, it's got to be something cute. Like it's, it's not my eyebrows. eyebrows. Like I'm sorry. Like I said, I change my look all the time. I'm not dedicated to tattooed on eyebrows. Oh no. But I think it's just so cool to me to look. I wish I had light eyebrows so I could try like the eyebrow tint products. Mm-hmm. But like they go and they put like that goop stuff on your eyebrows, and then you like peel them off, and you're supposed to have like a really nice like like tinted perfectly colored eyebrows i don't have that problem my eyebrows are dark so it's like you lucky (laughs) actually i have pretty decent eyebrows i I don't think i do it either well your eyebrows like match perfectly with your hair yeah that's nice which also makes Mm -hmm. it hard for a product because i have to find a product that's literally (laughs) the color of my hair or later exactly any darker is too dark benefit brow but yeah (laughs) non-sponsored so literally though i feel like that's the best way to maintain your eyebrows nowadays just really be conscious of over plucking or if you are kind of scared of actually taking a pair of tweezers to your eyebrows but you still want to thin it out one thing you can do is um take a spoolie brush which basically Mm -hmm. looks like a mascara brush but doesn't have any product on it just a little teeny tiny Mm -hmm. uh just a little spiral brush just a a little spiral brush you just take that spoolie brush up to your eyebrow brush it in an upwards direction take a pair of manicure scissors and gently trim your eye and gently trim your eyebrows so that way you're thinning the brow without actually plucking out and changing the shape. And it makes a huge difference. It does. I know that, like, the first time she did it to me, like I said, the first time Sarah did my eyebrows, they were, like, really grown in. But that's the thing. She says I had really good shape. And I do have pretty nice-shaped eyebrows just because I have very large eyes, so they have very high arches in them. So I don't really have to worry about, like, under-eyebrow, but the top of my eyebrow was kind of messy. And she literally took the spooly brush, the manicure scissors, clip, clip, and it made, like, a huge difference. It really does make mm-hmm. a nice, and it's minimal effort for mm-hmm. the maximum. You, t- you can do it in like four seconds. seconds. Yeah, it takes honestly. no time, and all of a sudden you, like, you, you, there's a noticeable difference, and it looks nice. Yeah. Just be careful not mm-hmm. to cut off too much. You don't want little stubbies. You want, mm-hmm. you still want a long brow. You just want it to not look messy or overdrawn i believe like a really good thing to think about is it's when you're doing the manicure scissor technique you're doing center of your brow mostly like you don't Mm -hmm. really do like your tails like i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend using manicure scissors by the ends and your tails of your eyebrow just because you do have that fear of cutting off too much and then it's like i hope you got some dip brow but the nice (laughs) thing about uh cutting off too much instead of plucking out too much is that you'll be back within a couple of days yeah you won't have to worry about 
taking that hair from the follicle and waiting for that growth cycle to redo. Oh, no. You just wait a couple of days and you're like, ah, nothing happened. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of eyebrows, and I know we already brought up Kat Von D's new eye product, but I think that segues us to our tea time for the day. Ooh, I love tea time. We do. We need to start actually like bringing tea and like sipping it but you know that's too much. a little too classy that's too classy we're not that classy we'll bring our coffee mugs we will <laughs> we're college students we need the caffeine but definitely our tea time today will be encompassing miss kat von d's documentary i feel like everybody and their brother is getting a docuseries everyone them. is it's very um in right now i wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be surprised if he see a mini mua documentary series about his he fall posted. from great and i promise i wasn't going to talk about this anymore but he posted so everybody else who's still thinking about it go look at the video just see it i'm not talking about it i promise not to but <laughs> <laughs> he posted so back to miss von d <laughs> definitely um the biggest thing with me and sarah like we've mentioned before like it is hard for us to like support most of Kat Von D's stuff because we don't really agree with a lot of her stances on things. And the biggest thing with our tea time that we'd like to bring up is her stance on vaccinations. As this is a health podcast. Yeah. I'd like to point <laughs> out this everybody. is our health <laughs> segment. <laughs> yes, definitely. But and it's like, yeah, I understand. Like it's her kid, her choice, everything like that. But it's just in my, you know, my defense and my thought process. It's very hard for me to get behind someone who is not vaccinating her kids for this particular reason. And if you guys don't know the reason, I'll have Sarah exclaim why. (laughs) So (laughs) she's not vaccinating her son, which they decided to name Lefier, which that's another thing for another time. Pronouncing that right, but I don't like it. But then again, like if you're a somewhat famous person, I guess it's your duty to name your kids some weird name. Yeah, we got Apple. Yeah. But anyway, so she's pregnant with her son and is actively choosing not to vaccinate him when he's born, specifically because it's not vegan, which to me opens up a bunch of different questions and debates and everything, which we're not going to get too into that, but we are going to get a little bit into it. Yeah. No, definitely. That's me and Sarah's biggest thing. It's like, okay, whether you are wrongly following the Jenny McCarthy trend, which in case you guys didn't know was wrong. Well, in my opinion, in most of science, it's been proved wrong. It's been proved wrong. There's one thing that's been proved. Proved. It's right. And that has been disproved for malpractice. But anyway, back to back to it. Um, But I feel like, being vegan, like, I understand, like, I have some friends who are raised vegetarian and stuff like that. Like, that's your household. Hold, like, that's your household. But at a certain point, your children get to choose for themselves. You know what I mean? You're going to just not vaccinate your kid at birth because you are a vegan and then it gets polio and it gives all the other kids polio. And then we just have a very, very interesting aspect on our hands because I think Okay, if you're not going to vaccinate your kids, you're going to homeschool them, you're going to keep them away from other children as much as possible. Okay. But if you, a very busy mother who is running her own makeup line, who probably won't be watching her kids by herself ever. I mean, I guess she'll get a nanny, but like, mm, I don't know. Still, like, if you're considering daycare, public education, anything like like that, that, like, no. Probably not a good idea. I mean, I got to vaccinate my dog just to take him to the dog park. The dog park people. Yeah, like I feel like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to expose your child to um, small children that cannot be vaccinated yet mm-hmm. because they're too little mm-hmm. or people who are allergic to vaccines and can't receive them and rely on herd immunity. 
Yeah, exactly. And you're just corrupting the herd immunity process by not having as many herd members. members. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's the crazy part, too. It's like we honestly, like, honestly, it's like, okay, you can believe what you want, like, with your own science and your own children. But, like, veganism is such a choice. You like it nobody, is a choice. It is, it's a choice that you are making to live your life by these standards because of standards that you believe. And I think it brings up an interesting point of if you were someone who was vaccinated in the past, Does that can mean you no longer be vegan because yeah. you received vaccines as a small child? Like, Yeah, like what's a true vegan Am I now? revoking your vegan card because you got a vaccine? Yeah, you like, just got Pilgrim in it. <laughs> and, I, and I know some, and I know people who are vegan who have vaccines. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I would never go up to them and be like, sorry, you're vaccinated. You can't be a vegan. Exactly. Because it's just a silly concept to me, honestly. I feel like in the days of modern medicine, like, yes, we are going to have these vaccinations and everything like that. And I understand it's really important. Like, you have made your line vegan. You are vegan. You live your life vegan. But I will laugh. And I am honest, honest God, I will laugh if that kid is 16 years old and is like, mom, I can't take it anymore and takes a giant bite out of a Big Mac. And it's like all of this mm-hmm. debate and your kid doesn't even end up vegan. Yeah, <laughs> like, that would what? be that'd be wild. Like 16 mm-hmm. years from now. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, Keta and D son isn't vegan? vegan? Question mark, question mark, exclamation point. He's yeah. going to go get a vaccine like right then and there. Just like sick to mom. This is who I am, mom. mom. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a face. <laughs> It's literally, that's honestly the only thing I can really think about in that way, shape, or form. It's like, maybe, I feel like I know some vegetarian households where their kids are vegetarian just because of, you know, them, their own values and their own thought process and stuff like that. And the households I know that are vegetarian, it's never forced upon the kids. Like, yeah, the kids can, yeah, the kids can eat meat if they want to, like, is it necessarily going to be prepared at home? Mm-hmm. No, no, probably not. Maybe, who knows? Maybe they'll buy a bag of frozen chicken nuggets and like throw them in the microwave, whatever. But like, I don't know. To me, it's and I think our roommate Mallory, she's vegetarian, and I think she said that the mom will prepare meals that aren't because not everyone in the household is vegetarian. It was just exactly. Mallory and her mother, the her sister and her father weren't vegetarian, and they weren't forced into vegetarianism. Exactly. I feel like when you are talking about a household and you're talking about like choices to make for like dietary purposes, there's also the slim chance like what if your kid's a picky eater? Yeah, what if your kid is only going to eat chicken nuggets? What are you going to yeah. do? Like my youngest brother is autistic and literally the only thing he would eat as a child was ramen noodles, chicken nuggets, and like maybe some potatoes or something if we were lucky. Like my mom was at her wits end. Of course his palate has expanded now. He's a little older. But like imagine like oh, I'm sorry, my young son who will not eat anything else. We are a vegan household. We yeah, are like, not eating chicken nuggets. We are not eating ramen noodles. Like the broccoli. He's not going to eat the broccoli. I don't know mm-hmm. what to tell you. Like you can't even get normal children to eat broccoli half amount of the time. Like how exactly. long are you going to get someone who can only eat broccoli and they don't want it? Like what are you going to eat? Oreos? Your kid's not going to survive on Oreos? I think that's the really the craziest thing. I think most people who are about to have children really underestimate how hard it is to get kids to eat. Like, mm-hmm. and I think me and Sarah only know about this because we do come from families where our brothers were very picky eaters. Very picky eaters. Very picky eaters. Mm-hmm. My little brother, I was forced to eat everything off my plate and I would put up like a teeny fight and I'd be like, you know what, fine, I guess I'm going to eat everything. My brother would sit at the kitchen table for literal hours refusing to eat the pile of applesauce on his plate. He was not going to touch it. Nothing in the world was going to make him touch it until the point where my mom's like, all right, like he has to go to bed. 
Mm-hmm. Go to bed. Yeah. So it's not an easy roundabout. Like, I guess you could go ahead and be like, hey. Oh, my God. No, pancakes aren't even vegan. I don't even know what's vegan. Like, honest. You like, make, You can make vegan, vegan pancakes. pancakes. Yeah, you That's can. A, there's a way. I feel like that'd probably be the only, even, like, in my own, like, retrospect, like, eating habits and stuff like that, if I think about it, even if I hadn't had, like, like vegetarianism, I could never be a vegan. Let's be honest. I love cheese too much. But... Like, vegetarianism, I could not have meat for years, and I feel like I still couldn't bring myself to be like, I'm a vegetarian. Like, I just couldn't do it. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to be a vegetarian, but mm-hmm. I think I could be a pescatarian. Yeah. Just I feel like pescatarian is just so pretentious, though. It is. Like, I'm a, I'm a pescatarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's why I just wouldn't say it. I'd be like, yeah, all I eat is, like, seafood, but, like, you know, I'm not a pretentious pescatarian. <laughs> yeah, pescatarian. But, you know, I would do it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I could easily give up. Red like meat. Red meat. Red meat. Oh, yeah. No, I barely eat red meat now. It's true. We're it, poor, though, too. Like, we're poor. So, like, we eat, like, chicken. We make chickens. <laughs> make that chickens. $1 make chicken. <laughs> McDonald's solely flood funding our nutritional habits, which we should, really shouldn't be judging vegans because they're probably 10 times healthier than us. Oh, but, yeah. like, no, mad respect to people that are vegan, honestly. But not mad respect to people that are vegan and still own leather products. Because guess what? Leather is cow. And mm-hmm. I and I hate to say this, but I do have to explain that to people. Some people don't know that. One thing about choosing leather over polyester is leather is biodegradable. Mm-hmm. It will at one point return to earth. Anything will, anything leather will return. Polyester, those synthetic fibers that sure they're cruelty free, they're gonna be on this planet Forever. for thousands of years doing damage that you're trying to prevent now. Yeah. It's so, crazy to think like you can't be 100% vegan, 100% like earth friendly. Like I guess maybe you can, maybe in a like compound somewhere, like where they got it all figured out. Yeah. But like in modern day America, like you, you it's can't really hard. be, you cannot be 100% cruelty free. That doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. Like that's another thing too. It's like I'm sorry, but your quinoa is being picked by like really poorly treated like children. And it's really sad, but that's what's happening on the quinoa plants because over here in America, we've got this big old fad and trade and whatever. But I'm not saying all vegans have these crazy mentality. I'm saying that this one by Kat Von D. This one. It's making me raise eyebrows. Yes, it is. It's making me raise eyebrows and making me really thinking about the whole thought process of veganism. And I think. Another thing is, like, this is just our thought process, but her documentary series is supposed to give us some insight on that. It's supposed to tell us, like, why she, well, hopefully, at least when I'm, because obviously I'm going to watch it, I need to know what she's thinking. We're going to report back to you guys. We're going to come back here and we're going to tell you this is what she's thinking. But when you watch this documentary series, I hope it brings to light, she has to talk about it. She has to talk about not vaccinating her kids. She has to talk about, like, Especially because she's currently pregnant. Like, the timing is too... Perfect to not talk about it. She's heavily pregnant, about to have her baby soon, and she's filming a document. I'll be surprised. I will be genuinely surprised if her birth isn't in this documentary. It's true. Wow. It needs needs to be not just for a point of, like, information, but for a point of entertainment. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like that's one thing now we're running on the docuseries, like, bandwagon, is every single docuseries I've watched currently is entertaining. It is not just, you know, informational. It's not just like, oh, this is why I think the way I think. This is, hey, this is why I think the way I think. And here's me doing some funny stuff for a little bit. And here's me and giving birth. Exactly. So, like, like, I'll watch that. I would, too. And it's because I do want to know her mentality. And I do want to know what her thought process is behind it. Because everybody has their own version of her story. And, it, like, this will probably maybe at least give me some light on the subject. I'm oh, not, yeah. I don't think I'll ever change my mind about this certain issue. But I do think I am 
I want to understand her thought process more on it. Yes, I do. I do want to understand the thought process. And I think that's all the time we have for today. And I'm really excited to talk about nail care next week because let's be real, we are so terrible at taking care of our fingers and nails during the winter. I have a ripped nail right now, and it's yeah. really sad. Mm-hmm. I used to chew my nails really bad. So next week, we're talking all about nail care. And you can follow me on Instagram at Gigi underscore Pidia 97. You can follow me on Instagram, Sarah B. Buck, as Sarah B. Buck, no underscore, no space, no nothing. And this was Pucker Up. <laughs>